Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you guys once again for joining the Nine Innings Podcast hosted by yours truly, Kevin Thompson, founder and CEO of Nine Eye Capital Group. Thank you guys for joining us. As I always say, subscribe to the channel. As I always say, go and get my book, MLB to CFP, live on Apple and Amazon. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at info at 9icapitalgroup.com. Send us your questions, or you can go to the website at www.9icapitalgroup.com. Schedule an appointment. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And that's what we're here to do today. We're here to educate you. Today, we have Danny from wealth.com. We are talking, we're going deep, way deep. We're talking about estate planning. We're talking about wills. We're talking about trust. We're talking about powers of attorney. We're talking all things estate planning today. We're going to try to get a little bit deep. Not going to be too long, but we're going to educate you on what you can do to get this in order. Let's get it. We have Danny Lorfink from Wealth.com. Danny, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. Thank you, Kevin. It's great to be here. Appreciate it, man. So we all know uh, the benefits of the estate planning process, right? I mean, most people on our side of the fence, whether it be the advisors or the fintech firms, like we understand that there's a huge benefit, but we also understand that a lot of our clients don't necessarily feel that way because I can't tell you how many times while I say, hey, do you have a will? Do you have a, a medical power of attorney? I mean, people just don't have that in their lives. So, I mean, you you guys are trying to are, are feeling a niche or a need in this world. So talk to me a little bit about Wolf.com and how you guys are feeling that niche. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and first, let me just take it a little bit back. So the reason why we created Wealth.com was entirely out of a need. Mm -hmm. So my co-founders, they built, they scaled the company globally, sold their business. So they had this big liquidity event, and then they had to create their own estate plans. And who told them to create their estate plan? It was their financial advisor, right? Yeah. Uh, the number one reason why people create estate plans is by the advice of their financial advisor. But the process was this long, laborious, and expensive process. And it really doesn't need to be. It's just that the industry hasn't evolved past the times of Cicero, frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still very much a pen and paper industry. Uh, and when you look at what trust and estate attorneys are doing, they're never writing new language. Like they all have their preferred forms. They all mm -hmm. have uh, their preferred uh, provisions that they're going to slot into the document if it matches up with a certain client circumstance. So yeah. this is really a space that is ripe for, uh, for disruption to get more people into the fold. So you're talking about clients that don't have estate plans. Well, 50% of clients of financial advisors don't have estate plans. That's a little better than the national percentage where 68% of Americans don't have an estate plan, but still it ain't good. Yeah. So, so how do you like overcome that hump and how do you as the advisor facilitate getting your client's plan in order? Because at the end of the day, most advisors are not just promising to like allocate assets. They're saying, hey, I'm doing holistic wealth planning for you. And part of that holistic wealth planning is generational wealth transfer. And your financial plan needs to be informed by what comes next, 
what happens when you pass away? How are assets going to transition to your next of kin, to the, the folks that you want to leave your legacy to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right by mentioning the, like disruption. And a lot of people in the industry may feel like that, that's a negative term, you know, However, disruption is needed because the same thing that's disrupting our industry in regards to the commoditization of, uh, you know, managing money, managing assets, right? Like we have, we have people now. We have we have AI and all technologies that can manage assets for us and things like that, which is fine. And 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 ETF exchange traded funds you can just dump people into, and ultimately you're you're, you're managing it by an index. So you're absolutely yep. right. It's more, I guess, it's, it's taking a complex strategy and making it. Uh, more accessible to the to the lay individual, and you guys yeah. have done a phenomenal job at that. Um, but from a disruption standpoint, you're absolutely right. Most of it's boilerplate. Most of it's the same language across all these different you know categories, like estate plans, uh, uh, medical power of attorneys, and all of that. And then why should someone have to sit through hours and hours of just uh, of meetings with an attorney and get charged six to seven thousand dollars for something that they can Basically get, you know, if you, if you just boilerplate it for me, I can give you the information. You can create something for me. So you guys are, are feeling that need indeed, for sure. Yeah. And I'd actually change one of the words there. And the word is boilerplate because I think boilerplate in many instances brings to mind this notion of lowest common deni denominator, kind of this out of the box, not customized. Yeah. And that's really not the case at all. Uh, what what we did and what was core to our ethos was not presenting some legal Zoom esque solution, which I mean, no, not them. I think they they do a great job with their their niche over there, but but really elevating it and saying, how can we, as people that just went through this liquidity event and understanding our needs and wanting really high quality estate planning documents that are customized to our circumstances deliver this at scale, deliver the same quality that you should in theory get at it with a trust and estate attorney or greater, but at a fraction of the cost and with a lot less friction. And that's what technology at the end of the day is supposed to do. It's supposed to reduce frictions, increase accessibility, reduce costs, and hopefully increase quality and lower the chance of error, of manual error, right? And so that's what we went out and we did. But core to that was first hiring the best and brightest minds in trust and estate planning. And so in-house at wealth.com, we have people that used to work at the top trust and estate firms across the country that worked with kind of the, 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 the richest folks in the, in, in the world, frankly. Yeah. So people that used to work at McDermott, Will and Emery, mm -hmm. uh, Perkins Cooey, Bond, Shonick and King, right? These are the, the preeminent law firms. Absolutely. And we brought them in-house and we basically said, let's download all your knowledge. We don't want this quote unquote boilerplate. We want it to be as sophisticated as possible, but let's try to use technology to increase that accessibility. So you you mentioned these huge names, uh, the industry you and I both know, but the lay person may not may see that like, well, you know, I'm I don't have a lot of wealth. Like what do I need yeah. in a, a, a will or a trust or a power of attorney and all of that? All I have is a house. I have an IRA that has beneficiaries. Uh, I have a car. I mean, but other than that, I mean, everything else is going to pass through beneficiary, I hope. So, and it's that hope strategy, right? So yeah. uh, on average, like you said, will people don't have wills, people don't have trust because they feel like they don't, there's not a need for that. So talk to me a little bit about the advisors that you're working with and, and the need 
for for something that you're providing why would a a a a person that doesn't feel like they have much need to get a will or and or a medical power of attorney or a trust okay so let's talk about the stuff that applies not while you're dead because people don't like thinking about it let's just talk about the stuff that like applies while you're alive yes first a power of attorney okay a power of attorney basically gives somebody the ability to sign on the dotted line for you for financial transactions mm -hmm. when you otherwise can't. Mm -hmm. I actually recently needed to use my power of attorney. It was a wealth.com created power of attorney um, because I purchased a home, but yeah. I was in Florida at the time of the closing of the home. Mm -hmm. And so we need to give power of attorney to my wife's stepfather so that he can go and he can sit down with a title company and he can sign on the dotted line for us at, oh. at closing. Yes. Right. <laughs> so uh, if it weren't for that power of attorney, which again, with wealth.com, uh, if it's sponsored by your financial advisor, you get it for free or um, which is typically the way the way that we, we operate is we're, we're partnering with financial advisors. You're not paying anything as the end client. Yeah. Whereas if you are working with a a bespoke attorney, you're probably going to be paying you know, $500 for that power of attorney. Mm -hmm. You're also, if you don't have the power of attorney, going to be in my situation where I would have had to bought buy a $500 plane ticket one way back to New Jersey to sit down in the signing ceremony and then $500 ticket back to Florida where, where I am right now yeah. uh, so that I could be back in, in my seat and, and working day in and day. Yeah. So that would have been $1,000, right? So that's like one thing for a power of attorney that's like a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also another aspect that I think is uh, going to be really pow uh, powerful for financial advisors that are listening, which yeah. is if you have a brokerage account with a client and the client has is the only person that has discretion over that brokerage account, it's a non-discretionary account. You can't make trades out of that account without their express consent, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you want to, uh, because you talked to your client four days ago, purchase a, stock, a share of Tesla for them, well, you're going to have to call them the morning that the market's open before 9.30 a.m. Eastern time to get their permission to, uh, to execute on that trade. Well, what if that client is in the air? What if they're traveling and they can't give you their permission? Hmm. Well, if, you, if they have power of attorney that they've given to someone else, you can call that person as a financial advisor and have them give you permission to execute the trade, right? So that's another thing where power of attorney really comes into play. Yeah. Um, Healthcare directive, I mean, that is something that is universally important. Mm -hmm. Who can make medical decisions for you when you cannot? Mm -hmm. uh, my wife was incredibly sick over Christmas, like just deathly ill, like couldn't, couldn't, could barely stand up. I think she had neurovirus mm -hmm. and she just couldn't even talk because she was just in, 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 in tough, uh, tough position. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, look, if she can't advocate for herself, I need to be able to do that. And so that's what a healthcare directive does. It gives someone else the power to be able to advocate for you on your behalf if you're incapacitated or if you're not in a position to be able to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a, a lot of stuff there. And again, you're listening to the 980s podcast hosted by 99 Capital. We're sitting with Danny Lorfink of wealth.com. We're talking estates. We're getting a little bit deep, which is great. We all always love to get deep. Um, most people don't feel like they need a will, like I mentioned previously, but like you just mentioned, wills are, are good, but without the other stuff attached to it, medical power of attorneys, power of attorneys, designating what you want, and possibly a trust, 
it makes it a little bit more efficient and powerful from that standpoint. And I'm going to say this. So hopefully with our partnership uh, that, that we're going to be having here in the future, this is something that we're going to be able to provide our clients moving forward with our partnership with wealth.com. So when a person comes in and we talk about bespoke, holistic financial planning, it's not, oh, I'm a financial planner and I'm just going to sell you insurance or I'm a financial planner and I'm just going to manage assets. No, 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 not here at Not I Capital. We're only, not only going to manage money, talk to you about protection. We're also going to do, of course, with the business under succession and all the other stuff, putting these all, all the other pieces of the puzzle from the estate planning perspective together, which is phenomenal. So thank you to wealth.com for that. Um, so I'm going to throw a couple statistics out there for you, Danny. So yeah. like you mentioned, uh, and I'm on, I'm on caring.com. They stay sure. 32% of Americans have a will. So yeah. that's a, that's a far cry because you and I both know people think they don't have anything. And at the end of the day, when they pass away, got to go to probate and we got to deal with all the costs associated with that. So the importance of a will is critical. Do you, uh, I'm assuming you agree with that. Well, of, of course I agree with that. Uh, having a will is basically giving direction for what happens when you pass away to all your stuff. Yes. Um, it is a effectively a direction to the probate courts to distribute your, your assets, to distribute all other things such as your pets. I mean, your pets under law are considered property, right? So yeah. who gets to take care of your pets? Um, you get to write those directions. If you don't have a will, then it is up to the court to decide. And the court is going off of laws that have been passed over the course of decades. And so they're looking at legislation that exists in each state. So it's a state by state thing. And many cases, those states have laws that are meant to distribute assets and to take care of property um, under really antiquated frameworks that don't yes. even take into consideration the real look and feel of modern families. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not taking into consideration blended families, uh, you know, families of, of, of divorce, of, of, of remarriage, uh, of same-sex marriages, right? Um, and so you're really leaving your entire legacy at the whims of a judge. And what does that also come with? The added benefit of you get to pay a fee to the judge, essentially, for dealing with your crap. Like, yeah. that is what happens. And if anyone, like, goes to an ATM and they're saying, oh, yeah, like, 3% fee. Now I'm going to walk down the street and find my, like my bank so that I don't need to pay that 3% fee. Well, think about three to 8% and not just that $200 ATM transaction, but on every freaking thing that you own, yeah. everything, including yeah. your home, the value of your home. That's yeah. what you're paying to the, to the probate courts for that honor and privilege of dealing with your, your stuff because you didn't, you didn't take the time to, to, to craft the, the will or, or to create a trust. Yeah, it goes to probate. You got you have those issues. The costs are extremely high. Well, I wouldn't say extremely high, but the costs are the cost. And yeah. the cost is really your time, to be brutally honest. Yeah. I mean, your time and, and the effort and, and, and figuring all this stuff out. Another thing, Cambridge Trust, 52% of people don't know where their parents store estate planning documents, which is a great, great segue because Wealth.com provides that. Uh, the ability to, when we create these documents, whether it be will, trust, power of attorney, whatever there may be, these documents are going to be stressed, uh, uh, be uh, inside of a vault inside of wealth.com. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, the way that we think about estate planning is not a static activity, it's on a continuum. So mm -hmm. 
you create your estate plan, but then life happens. You get married, you have children, you move from one state to another state. So you need to keep your estate plan up to date. Mm -hmm. uh, and then ultimately, you're going to pass away. And so your executors need to have full visibility into what your estate complexion looks like, any ancillary documents like the deed to your home, et cetera, in order to properly settle your estate. So yeah. we think about it along that entire continuum where we give your executor, we give your, your trusted decision makers what we call emergency access to your ecosystem, which effectively allows them to see all of the documents that you've created and any ancillary documents that may be important that are stored in this concept of a digital vault. Mm -hmm. So think of it as a, in really simple terms, a really well-structured folder system yeah. where the executor is able to, on a read-only basis, see all of these critical documents yeah. that may help yeah. them in the distribution of, of your estate. We also have other tools so that they understand what is your estate? Mm -hmm. What is it that they're distributing? Do you own a, do you have a brokerage account? Okay. Is that a, is that owned hundred percent by you as Danny Warfink? Mm. Or is that checking account, a joint checking account? Understanding mm. ownership is also really important. So we have a full ecosystem to make sure that upon your passing, your executor and your trustees understand exactly what is in your estate, how things are supposed to be distributed and have of uh, 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 that repository to tap into um, to smooth the process. This is beautiful because this is where the financial advisor relationship along with wealth.com and along with all the other things that that financial advisor comes into play, whether it be e-money, their CRMs and everything like that. The integration, the integration yeah. where when something happens to someone, call on your financial advisor, call on your attorney, call on your CPA, whomever that trusted relationship is. And that individual can start saying, okay, the, here are the documents, they're in the vault. Here, here are the steps that we're going to take to make sure we clean all this up that makes life much more, much simpler than just saying, oh my God, I think my dad had um, a box upstairs in the attic and, yeah. and, and, it's, and, it's, mar and it's marked the states. But, it's, but it has Christmas lights on top of it, right? So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it makes it a lot easier to, 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 to have these things in place. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, the way that we think about integrations too, because you hit on it, is at the end of the day, the advisor needs to be at the center of this thing. So we have a dedicated advisor portal, which gives the advisor full visibility into everything within the client's estate plan. Mm -hmm. uh, that ranges from who are the key decision makers, who's the, who's the trustee, who's the... Who's the successor trustee? Who's the caretaker for the pets? Who, how are the assets going to be distributed? And it's all cleanly laid out in a nice grid-like format. Uh, you can also, as the advisor, see the actual documents themselves. And then lastly, and Kevin, I don't even think that we showed you this the last time, but it's one of our, our secret new things that we're about to unveil is- I love secrets. As, yeah, <laughs> as, soon, as soon as you press okay on your, on your documents, poof. We now know all of the key elements and we create this really structured, pretty flowchart visual so that it. it's a single printable PDF that the advisor can see, that the, that the client can print out. And it's in a very intuitive visual format so that you know, without having to do a lot of digging within the document, exactly how things are going to go if you were to pass away. Awesome, man. We're on, we're on with Danny Lorfinger, wealth.com here on the 980s podcast. Man, thank you so much. We got 
Just a couple other things I want to hit with. So you mentioned earlier, everybody understands wills, right? But most people don't have them. Yeah. Most people incorrectly believe that, oh, well, if I have a will, if I get that one will done, I'm good. I can wash my hands because everything else is going to pass to beneficiary. You and I both know it's not true because yeah. what's going to end up happening? Well, there's property out there. You have a house. You may have a house. You may have things inside of your home. How is all yeah. that going to be separated? So that's when a trust or something like that can come into play. I mean, we've, we've seen it time and time and again, and you guys are going to help with that. But, but, but the question is going to be, um, or I guess the comments more like people, just because you have a will, that's often not enough. It's more just a starting point to basically build on trust and everything else. Because at the end of the day, the will's just, okay, this is, like, like, so how would you describe the will and the trust relationship? I, I'll give that to you. Yeah, sure. So a trust, you're creating a legal entity effectively, where by law, when you pass away, the, let's say your home is owned in the name of the trust mm -hmm. and you've named your spouse as the beneficiary of the trust, or let's say you've named your two kids, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Once you pass away, that home is now owned instantly effectively by those beneficiaries yes so it doesn't need to go to the probate courts mm -hmm. the will is a little bit more i'd call it as a uh, a set of guidelines that you're providing to the probate courts mm -hmm. okay to that judge uh for how you want things to be distributed and mm -hmm. if the will is crafted properly the judge will say okay it's crafted properly i understand the instructions that they've given this is obviously the way that we're going to do things. It's going to follow the instructions that were provided. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's crafted poorly, then the judge might have to make some judgment calls, right? Um, but regardless, it's going to the judge. Why is this important? Well, let's say you have this home, but it is now 2008. Let's, let's date it back a little bit. Yeah. You, have this home, you have this home, and here are two scenarios. One is you have the home in the name of a trust. The other is the home was just you know, going through the will. If it was going through the will, then it's got to go to the courts. And think about how backed up courts are. It is oh, a yeah. bureaucratic thing. So it might take 18 months if you're in the state of California or New York, really difficult probate uh, states. It might take 18 months for your estate to effectively get passed through the courts and get to the top of the docket for the judge to review things. And what could happen in that 18 months? Well, the world can fall apart. And so your beneficiaries that you've named in your will don't get access to that house. They can't do anything with that house until your estate has passed through the probate process. Yeah. So you're basically yeah. locked up for 18 months. Whereas with the trust, no, nah, immediately they get access to the home, they get the keys and they can go, they can, they can sell it. They can do whatever they want with it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing. Also privacy. If you have a will, when the, a state goes to the probate courts, that becomes public record. Public information, so yep. Everything with that's passing through your will becomes literally public record. Uh, the, the, the cars that you own, the freaking, the, 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 uh, the odometer, how many miles are on the car, <laughs> right? Like everything is going to is going to become public. Whereas with a trust, it stays private because it's this private entity. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a wonderful thing, man. I appreciate this conversation and the time you gave us and this the 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 wealth of knowledge that you guys are going to provide moving forward and the access 
to these legal documents that you're going to help our clients achieve moving forward. So thank you, Danny, for, for the time today. We like to keep these short 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, we want to make sure that we're getting, getting the proper information out there. One, talking about wills, very, very strong. Two, talking about medical power of attorneys, just regular power of attorneys, what have you, getting those in place. And finally, talking about trust and just making sure that we're doing the things in a proper order because there are some things that need to be titled or are going to need to be titled in a trust that don't that you can't put beneficiaries on in a regular document, whether it be property or cars or whatever else there may be. Yep. They're not brokerage accounts. So absolutely. Final word to you, my friend, what would you leave this conversation? What do you want to leave this conversation with? The most important thing for advisors to remember mm -hmm. is that your job is to manage the client's wealth today mm -hmm. and to facilitate a smooth transition to gener for generations to come. Mm -hmm. This behooves you just as much as it behooves your clients. Your, your business is eventually going to go through that same cycle that everybody in the world experiences of life and death, where the matriarch and patriarch are going to pass away and then it's going to come to the next generations. So think ahead, plan, and make sure that you're making inroads with the next generation yeah. and you are developing that type of personal relationship. And what better way than to get that next generation set up with a proper estate plan? You can't necessarily prove to them that your asset, that, that the way that you're uh, allocating assets is going to perform well over the, the long-term investment horizon because it takes time for that to come to fruition. But you can provide immediate value upfront through the facilitation of an estate plan. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the the uh, holistic view, that's what we believe in. Danny Lorfink, Chief Product Officer at Wealth.com. We thank you for joining us today and giving us some of your expertise. And we are looking forward to a wonderful partnership here in the future. As are we, Kevin. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. You have been on the Nine Innings podcast hosted by Kevin Thompson of Nine Nine Capital. Today, we were talking estate planning with Danny Lorfink, Chief Product Officer at Wealth.com. Uh, they provide a, a, a stellar service in regard to the overall estate planning, whether it be wills, trusts, power of attorneys, or, or anything else that we may need from an estate planning pr perspective, because you know that's what we're here to do. Holistic financial planning. It's not about sales. It's about you. And that's what we believe in here, because that's what we want to provide. Most of our clients come in, they don't have wills and trusts. So we want to be able to provide that. So we're looking at wealth.com in the future to possibly have that partnership. Thank you guys for joining us. As I know, as you always say, subscribe to the channel. As I always say, go and get my book, get my B to CFP. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And today I hope we educated you. Thank you. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you next week.